Guys, episode 21 of Coffee with Coaches, myself and Dave Menzano with another episode on another diet. Today we are on the Paleolithic diet, the Paleo diet. Some of you will know that name. It was a very popular diet about 10 years ago or so. It started to enter people's consciousness. Um, with uh, It was very popular amongst CrossFitters. It was when the term clean, clean food, clean diet um, started to arise and we've... Uh, I mean, it works, it can work for people, but as we discuss in this episode, it isn't the be-all and end-all. Clean foods, in inverted commas, is not um, a, a one-track, fast-track route to getting yourself into great shape because there are many clean foods that can be calorific, that can you can not necessarily um, deal with very well, that the body not, doesn't necessarily deal with very well. And um, also, there are some uh f- foods that um foods that the paleolithic diet doesn't allow which we know can be absolutely fine we discussed that you'll hear so here's myself and dave manzano with another diet for you guys like share tell me give me feedback you know all that good stuff as always thanks for listening ladies and gentlemen Welcome to Coffee with Coaches, and today the coaches are myself, Tim College, and uh, Dave Manzano in Nottingham, England, mate. How are you doing? Good morning, Tim. Really good. Good morning, mate. Really good, thank you. Little cool. little session in the wind. Really windy here this morning. Sunny, yeah, I saw windy. somebody else say it was windy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a bit, so I did uh, about a 35-minute run, a few blocks, a few hills, and then I finished off with some uh, body weight or calisthenics. As we discussed uh, with the other podcast with uh, Jacko, some ring dips, ring oh, yeah. uh, ring rows, pull-ups, cool. in-ups. Cool. So good, yeah. And today we're going to go over the paleo diet, right? Yes. Popularized about, I think I first started thinking about it or hearing about it and seeing a lot of people doing it probably 10 years ago now, but... Um, was there a book called The Paleo Blueprint by a guy? I can't remember his name, actually, but... Um, oh, you know? uh, Mark Sisson. That's right. Mark Sisson's, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that, that rings a bell. Um, I had clients who was asking me about it, doing a lot. I even fell into the... Not the trap, but I fell into that, uh, you know, paleo brownies, paleo cookies, making paleo protein mm-hmm. bars myself at home and stuff um, with probably silly amounts of calories in but nonetheless i uh, i gave it a go and it was basically as my understanding of it i mean you've probably got the description i know you've done a bit of research into it my understanding of it was um everything had to have come out the ground or had legs or swam right it was all first-hand produce it was nothing nothing was processed and everything was in inverted commas clean yeah yes i mean we, we spoke about this uh, before, you know, diets do go in cycles. So, yeah, um, yeah. paleo was, was really, it's funny because when you Google search diets, you, you can see, you know, what, what are the, the biggest trends, right? So I, I stumbled across a paleo diet, uh, maybe I want to say 2007. So, right. you know, probably about the same time as you, maybe just a little bit earlier. And uh, to a ex-colleague of, uh, of ours, Alex, he put me on to uh, Rob Wolf's uh, podcast, and uh, yeah. I read the the Paleo Solution, 
I've read Lauren Codain's book, which actually came out before Rob Wolf's, so that maybe would have been 2007. And then, you know, uh, a few others after that. And, you know, I would say that I have followed a paleo diet, uh, you know, pretty, you know, uh, maybe like 90, 95% of it, uh, percent paleo for, for a little while. And so I would say, I would start off by, by saying that a paleo diet for me, with compared to many of the diets around, it, it can be a good diet in a way that it does eliminate a lot of processed foods. Mm. Yes. And it is typically paleo advocates would, uh, would promote, um, really push on like free range meats, um, organic, you know, vegetables, whatever possible. And there's ups and downs of, of those things as well, because a, a paleo diet done properly, then it, it can be quite restrictive because, you know, a lot of the foods, unfortunately, it is farmed and, you know, it's not always easy, even if you have the mm. best intention, even when, mm. that, when you go to a farm shop like I do here in Nottingham and, and it's reasonably good produce, it, always, it is always difficult to find things that are completely free range and, and organic, yeah. et cetera. You know, the, the cows have been eating grass all the time and the grass finished and, you know. Yeah. But um, the... Um, Let's start off with just a little bit of description for people who are not completely familiar with what we say in so paleo, as in Paleolithic. Um, it's the proponents of the of, of the paleo diets claim that our physiology hasn't changed much since the paleo era, which was about two two and a half million years ago. Yeah, and our and uh, within the event of farming, which occurred about ten thousand years ago that changed a lot of the way that we you know that we consume foods and in many ways you know they blame modern agriculture for agriculture for many of modern disease mm. yes yeah i've heard that yeah so and, and it, it is a bit i think you know it, it can be a little bit funny because if you say well you know this is not paleo our ancestors didn't eat that so you know sometimes those things don't make sense right yeah of course and i, I don't know about you tim but i, I i've not really but discussed this much in the past with anyone else but for example i'm not saying that people should be going out you know drinking a lot of milk because a lot of people don't do well with milk okay mm. so as in as in dairy um but what you find is for example with studies and this is, you know, pretty true because I can see this when I go to those countries. As you know, my, my wife is Finnish, so we do go to Finland quite a bit. And studies show that people in northern regions, such as Sweden, Finland, people tend to be a lot more able to tolerate dairy milk compared to people in the Mediterranean region. So when I go to Italy, grown-up men don't really drink milk. No. They might have a bit of uh, milk and a cappuccino, but that's about it. You don't see yeah. people going out for lunch and drinking a glass of milk. Whether you go to Finland... You know, people who are not drinking alcohol because they drive, whatever, you see them, you know, having a family meal with, with a with glass milk. of milk. Really? Okay, so, and and say, well, you know, I've seen studies even like, uh, you know, or even people who talk about um, elimination diet. Well, we're the only uh, animals, uh, only mammals that, that drink uh, other, other, you know, other, other you know, uh, creatures, milks. But, Tim, you've got a cat, right? I've seen a cat in, 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 yeah, in, yeah. in your running around in your living room if you give your cat a little bit of cow's milk what is he gonna do <laughs> oh he's gonna like it well well he's gonna drink it right so yeah, you know gonna, yeah, obviously it, yeah. animals can access other, other, yeah, other creatures exactly. of milk that's why yeah <laughs> you probably don't, don't drink it but anyway 
when you think about the make when you think about the makeup of milk generally it's for our it's for our babies right so it's very fatty very nutrient dense it's a very nutrient dense product and anyone's going to benefit from it whether it's for you or for that really yeah when i go back to you know with the argument yeah because normally you know just to give folks a bit more background people you tend to lose the enzymes to digest milk by the time before and then some people can then develop more lactose resistance some Mm. people you know can can tolerate better etc but um just staying on on the milk or dairy real quick what i always then tell people because uh when we are seeing people individuals who might be a little bit inflamed then the milk might not be a good uh, a good idea for them because it, it can increase inflammation. It can you know cause things like acne and other things, joint aches mm. even. And people say, oh no, but mine is is skimmed. Well, actually, the, you could argue that maybe the fat in the milk is possibly the most nutrient part of the milk. Is is, yeah. is actually the we say or, or out, the part right? of the milk yeah. where people have less problems. People mm. tend to have problems with lactose, which is the sugar in milk. Yeah. With uh, you know, casein and protein don't in, tend to be as problematic. Not saying that people can't have those those problems, but you might find that people who are actually uh, sensitive to dairy, but they might be able to tolerate some butter or some you know double cream and things like that. So does does uh, in a, in a paleo in a paleolithic diet, yeah, would um, I mean it milk fits right? It fits into it, depend no. like as as, so, as a rule went with the book. If you used to go by no, the rules, so, it's out. Yeah, it? if, okay. if you go from, from, from the strict rules, from, from the first ones, because then people like Chris Cresser that came on to the scene a little bit later on, he, you know, he made some arguments for, for some great foods. Um, but in the original book, should we say, from like Lauren Condane uh, back in 2007, or even earlier than that, uh, so he's one of the first. And uh, the studied you know, he's a professor, so he's, he has actually uh, published uh, journals on a paleo diet. Um, the, the, basically, the, the foods, like you said, uh, everything that's got ahead, that, that, that runs and, and uh, you know, the moves. But um, if, even when that, they, they, they can be, you know, they, they, they might not all, all meats might not be uh, appropriate. But basically, you, you want to avoid grains, most grains, dairy, and processed foods, obviously, but also things like legumes. Did you say that? Oh, legumes, was you going to say? Sorry, you broke up there, mate. Right. Instead, it's heavily meat, fish, vegetables. Yeah. Yes, yes, legumes, so beans and lentils. In terms of meats, what I, in the original uh, book, what he was saying that uh, Lauren Cordain was saying that you want to try and go more for uh, for meats that are going to be higher in omega three profiles. So this is why we t- when we're talking about free range, organic, you know things like that. If a cow is out eating grass compared to something that is grain fed, it increases the profile of good fats. So when you okay. look at that at that at that, at that meat, actually has a better profile of omega three fatty acids. That's why we look at grass fed grass-fed uh, yes. cattle and stuff yeah yes anti-inflammatory compared to you know grain yeah. fed which tends to be a higher amount of omega-6 the so with the grains most grains would be out so that means like especially things like wheat and uh, you know gluten containing products so yeah rye even um spelt 
barley. And with being the lens of solar legumes, those are also out. And the reason why those foods tend to be out, for the most part, is because they contain anti-nutrients. So the, the problem with grains would be, especially with gluten, is that it can contain anti-nutrients and for a lot of people can then cause digestive issues. Yeah. And some and same with the um, and same with the with the with the legumes that contains lectins. And lectins is basically is a protein that it can inhibit uh, enzymes such as amylase. And then okay, uh, we I'll yeah. cut that bit out. It's fine. Yeah. So we're talking about lectins. So it can it can inhibit uh, amylase and pepsin um, and trypsin. Sorry which are enzymes that the body needs to, to digest, you know, protein and carbohydrates. So that is why for, for a typical, you know, if somebody is doing like a strict paleo diet, those foods tend to be out. On the other hand, people like Chris Cressa in, uh, in his book, which is called the personal, your per, a personal paleo uh, diet code. So that came on, uh, that came out maybe 2015 or so. So he's actually making an argument, but that some, some foods such as uh, beans and lentils might be okay for some people mm. as long as you properly prepare them right because whilst it is true that those beans and lentils do contain lectins studies show that if you soak beans and lentils but even like with nuts really we should be soaking them overnight and then you you you, you cook them for at least half hour yeah. you actually remove up to 90% of the lectins. So for, for most people, it, it is actually It'd be fine. a perfectly yeah. fine food, right? Yeah. And we, we had, uh, you know, we talked about the vegan diet the other week. So for a lot of people doing a vegan diet, they're going to be heavily reliant on beans and, beans and lentils to get yeah. most of the proteins, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no. So for, for me, that is, as, you know, as long as people, it's like anything, right? If you... If a food is good for you, Tim, and it's not causing you gas, bloating, you know, constipation, then it might be fine, whether it's paleo yeah. or not. You could always eliminate it for a while, and if you feel better, then leave it out. Um, go heavy on it, and if you feel shit, then it's a, a good bet. It's a safe bet that that's what's causing it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could make an argument that, you know, eliminating foods for a period of 30 days is possibly the best way to actually see if a food is good for you or not. Yeah. There's a, lo a lot of the, 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 the blood tests that they do, food sensitivity tests, they're often not, not as accurate anyway. Mm. And the, um, yeah, and the other argument really was, um, was with, with grains. So grains is definitely a no-no. Uh, like I said, especially for, for gluten, which is found mostly in wheat, barley, and rice. However, uh, and rice, sorry, so things like rye bread, rye, uh, rye crackers. However, uh, depending on how food can be manufactured, it can also be in other products such as oats, which are typically gluten-free, but it might they might be processed. So if somebody is trying to go on a full, uh, you know, gluten-free diet, it's always good to look at the um, at, at the at the packaging. And basically, gluten it can be a problem for people, especially with, with celiac disease. But um, there's also uh, such a thing as non-gluten, no, sorry, non-celiac disease gluten sensitivity. Yeah. And what that means is that when you eat gluten, uh, gluten can produce toxins that damage the lining of the guts. Okay. And these, what can happen is it can bind to essential minerals, making them uh, unavailable. 
And with people, for example, that experience like uh, celiac disease symptoms, the gluten can actually damage the microbiota of the intestine, which the body, you know, needs to uh, absorb and digest nutrients. So you might find that somebody who's not yet been diagnosed with celiac disease and eating, and they, uh, you know, might be losing weight even if they're eating a fair amount of calories. They might be nutrient, de uh, you know, nutrient deficient is because they're not absorbing the, uh, the, you know, the nutrients. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so definitely I, I, I've not yet seen uh, anybody on a paleo diet recommended for gluten. That is still a no-no. But um, on, on the original plan, even things like rice, maybe wouldn't have been uh, advocated as much, white potatoes. But uh, in, in recent, in recent more modern paleo diets, should we say people make an argument that actually rice and, and things like that are, are definitely um, okay. definitely okay. Yeah, and I think um, because, from um, when I from when I remember so, um, from when I remember doing it, it was it was a good for me at first because I eliminated a lot of foods, but then I started finding cheats, and I think I think everybody did like it was big on the CrossFit scene, right? That all the CrossFitters were like that was their thing, and yeah. um, I yeah. had a few CrossFit clients at the time. You know, I wasn't training them, but I was working with them on nutrition, maybe doing a PT session a week or whatever. And they was finding before you knew it, there was these bars coming out that collect, that were paleo. And there was, uh, this, you know, they was finding cheats like you can with any diet, I suppose. Um, and just yeah. shoveling, shoveling these treats in that were, that were paleo. And as yeah. we know that if you, if you're not in a calorie deficit on a diet and if, if, if weight loss is your target of a diet, then it's going to be, it's not going to be effective. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I tell you what, those treats are expensive, Tim. Ultimately, expensive, also, yeah. You know, because you know, we're talking to people here, and uh, you know, often when you're looking at all all of these things, oh yeah, but it's paleo, and you're looking at you know three, four pounds, you know, five dollars, whatever for you know for, for crossing bar for this paleo, it's it's a lot yeah. of money, right? <laughs> Funny, I, I was I, actually they didn't taste bad. I uh, I was in Finland last summer, and I picked up some uh, crickets protein bars have you ever tried those cricket what do you mean cricket cricket as in the animal <laughs> the oh really insects. crickets really yeah. no I, I you know yeah. what i think i might have somebody bought me a chocolate covered cricket once but you know what you know what tim they were delicious right? <laughs> they were actually really yummy uh, but they were expensive they were expensive yeah, I and i'm thinking cricket you know why are they gonna be so expensive and <laughs> i just want them to try but I wouldn't yeah. be eating them every day, you know. But anyway, so but, but back to your point. You know what? You're right. I mean, uh, going back to a couple of things. So, yeah, you know, everybody then tries to capitalize on these things. We spoke about the ketogenic diet last week. There's all these keto salts coming out. and, and So, yeah, you know, ultimately, even like with a gluten-free, if, for example, if you want to stick to a gluten-free diet because gluten is not good for you, but then every day you're doing gluten-free cookies, gluten-free pasta. Yeah. Then, unfortunately, you're still eating a lot of junk. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because oftentimes, those gluten-free cookies or whatever, they're actually filled with you know, a lot of sweeteners and you know, preservatives. Actually, it might be worse for you in, in many other ways. Yeah, right? exactly. But back to the, to the weight loss, because this is maybe something that a lot of people want to be you know, talking about. 
So the, the okay, the good and the bad of the period uh, from from that point of view. So like like we said, just to give a, a bit of a uh, what we've be, been discussing. So it, it is good in many ways because it eliminates a lot of processed food. It tries to promote like free range and organic. And even when we're talking to vegans, uh, you know, I like I meet. Um, I'm however conscious of where I buy my sources. I love animals. Mm. Okay, so for anybody that, that follows a vegan diet because of, uh, you know, for uh, ethical reasons, I, you know, I, I really appreciate that. So I try to, whenever I can, to buy, uh, you know, organic and, and, and free range. So it, it, it is good for that, for, you know, for that point of view, because it promotes healthy yeah. foods, right? But in terms of weight loss, um, paleo diet, that is not based on calorie counting. So this is where some of the advice can be a little bit, you know, lost uh, in the weeds a bit because they're saying, well, you know, as long as we pay you, you're going to be losing weight because you're removing all the, all the junk. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And, and, I, and I know for me, because I was eating, you know, you can definitely overdo uh, fats. Like we meet him and uh, one, of, one of my problems with foods when I've been calorie counting, when I'm one to lean out, unfortunately, the best way for me to do it is to count calories. I gotta admit yeah. it. Whenever I'm in that 2,500 calorie, uh, you know, calories per day, I'm losing weight because I'm I'm probably burning about 3,000, 3,500, yeah. depending on activity. So when I was on a paleo diet, I was reading these books and I'm thinking, oh wow, this is great. Well, you know, as long as I'm I'm because ultimately a lot of paleo diets, especially this, at the start, they were ultimately a low carbohydrate diet for the most yeah. part, right? Yeah. It was like eat meat and veggies fish and vegetables. But me being Italian, I've got my olive oil that gets shipped uh, over from Italy every year. And I can overdo the oil. A bit on a yeah. salad, <laughs> a bit on a fish, a bit on that. And guys, 100 grams of olive oil, it's 900 calories. Yeah. You know when you see like Jamie Oliver do, doing his health meals, down, yeah. splash of oil, of yeah, oil yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. half a bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, and this is not paleo, but I remember looking at Ma uh, Michael Phelps' uh, diet back when he was winning all the, uh, you know, gold medals at the Olympics, and he was eating 10,000 calories, right? Yeah. What was in that 10,000 calories, Jim? A bowl of oil a day. Exactly. Because oh, you froze again, mate. It's hard to do 10,000 calories of steak and eggs and broth. But anyway. Yeah. You're frozen, mate. We'll have to take the glass, chop this bit out. A few of the studies that I uh, that I looked at. So, uh, paleo diet, it is a. Mate, are you there? I'm just going to have to go yeah, back to yeah, where, yeah. go back to go back to Michael Phelps's diet, mate. We're yeah, staying so, there, 10,000 10, yeah, so calories a day. Phelps, yeah, he was eating 10,000 calories a day, and his diet was in a newspaper. And obviously, to make up those calories, yeah. he was. Uh, having a, a bottle of olive oil a day, I think it was like a half a liter, you know, bottle or whatever. Yeah. But it, remember, it's a lot of very, very difficult to, if you are an athlete like that, that needs, has those, those high calorie yeah. requirements to eat yeah. thousands of calories of, you know, broccoli and steak and, and eggs, whatever, no? So even like yesterday, I was talking to, to a, a vegan uh, listener that listened to, the, to a vegan uh, uh, podcast and he was asking, oh, I'm trying to build muscle, uh, so I might not be eating enough calories. So I said to him, hey, you know, 
might want to do a few more, a bit more fats. So do a few more nut butters because that is a good way yeah. to get up your calories if you're not yeah. eating enough, right? But uh, but anyway, the um, so when you're looking at, at studies, the paleo diet is associated with weight loss, so a reduced body mass index, and it also reduces the risk of type two diabetes. So it increases insulin sensitivity because it removes a lot of processed foods. And this has also been shown to uh, reduce triglycerides, which is helpful for reducing um, cholesterol in the blood. And uh, these, you know, paleo diet can also be good to, uh, you know, for things like inflammatory bowel disease, because like we said, it can eliminate a lot of, a lot of foods which can be highly, uh, you know, highly inflammatory, like gluten and dairy, things like that. So um, when you're looking at studies that compare uh, like, like different diets, Mediterranean diets, paleo diet, intermittent fasting. So that I, I found an interesting one. At 12 months, weight loss. So we, we've got a Mediterranean diet, a paleo diet, and a intermittent fasting diet. So after 12 months, the weight loss, well, this is on uh, same calories, right? All three groups was four kilograms in the intermittent fasting diet. It was 2.8 kilograms on the Mediterranean diet, and it was 1.8 kilograms on the paleo diet. So the intermittent fasting was the one that had most success. We spoke yeah. about this. Over week, what right? over so what duration was it again, Dave? It was, it was 12 months, so it was a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, then and they lost, and, they, what, a, and what weight on what weight loss was that? So, so four, four, four kilograms for the intermittent fasting in a year. Two point eight, yeah, yeah. Okay. Two point eight on the Mediterranean diet and one point eight okay. on the Paleo diet, right? So you, you could say that the, the the fasting one was double the the the, the Paleo. Pretty much, okay? yeah. It yeah. was double the weight loss of, of the Paleo diet. Then I looked at, at another study, which was the paleo diets uh, com, uh, compared to a Nordic diet. The paleo diet was 30% protein, 40% fat, and 30% carbohydrates. So you, you could argue, you know, pretty low carb, right? Mm. And the Nordic diet was 25 to 30% fat, 55 to 60% carbs, so almost like a Western type of diet, and 50% protein. Then again, on equal, equal calories, after six months, the paleo diet showed better results in terms of weight loss, but after 12 months, it was both the same. Okay. So there was and, no difference uh, overall. Yeah. And w I mean, we've got to point out there that four kilos weight loss over a year is very little. Like we can lose weight <laughs> much, much more quickly than that, but that's an average taken <laughs> yeah. over, I don't know how many people the study was done on, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't know whether these people were resistance training, you yeah. know, with any muscle, you know, these, all, all of these things. But, for, you know, for me, Tim, ultimately, like I said earlier, if, if I want to be losing weight, for sure, if, let's say, I got a deadline, I got a competition or whatever, I need to be a certain weight, I'm going to calorie count. Yeah, exactly. Whichever what diet you, you choose to do, whichever, whichever diet you choose to do, just put the calorie counting in and it, and yeah. it helps. For me, yeah, for me, it's a case of talk about the ketogenic diet. 
Yeah. So go ahead. For for me, it's a case of um, doing the diet that helps you stay in a calorie deficit the best, you know, whichever, whichever makes it easiest for me to stay in a calorie deficit. Um, and I know that intermittent yeah. fasting does that for like today, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm just trying to keep the calories down a bit and intermittent fasting is my best way of keeping calories down. Forget all the other benefits that we've talked about, you know, with the cognitive yeah. function and this, that, and the other, the fact that the fact that I don't eat for practically half the day or more than half the day, um, makes it easier for me to stay within my tooth. I, I go for about 2,300 when I'm trying to lose weight, you know? Um, yeah. whether that had worked, for, I mean, I've not done keto. I think that would probably have a similar effect. Um, paleo for me, I have done it in the past, but I wasn't as, I wasn't calorie counting when I did it and it didn't, it didn't work for me, which let's face it, that'll be because I was eating too many calories, you know? Um, yeah, but from yeah, a feeling, yeah. from a feeling point of view, what I've felt best on in the past, um, has been, has been probably a low carb a- approach like a low carb approach to, um, I feel great when I have, uh, you know, and it's probably, it's probably low carb. It probably fits into a bit of paleo. Like it, it's a m- mixture of all these diets that we cover. So I'll have a salmon and spinach breakfast. I'll have, you know, m- maybe some oats around my training block pit, uh, around there, maybe a, a sat chicken salad afterwards, some potatoes and then carbs in an evening, which I've, we've talked about our own diets before, but you could probably say, except veganism, every diet it's it's taken up taken a little bit out of pretty much every diet you know that we've covered up to now. Yeah. So I wasn't yeah. strict on any of them, though. No. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I, when I did the keto diet, uh, the reason why maybe I lost the weight initially as well, I must say, is because in order to be the ketogenic, I was meticulous and you know really really checking my my macros. So yeah. as in carbohydrates, especially. And for that reason, I was tracking. So I was only yeah. eating two and a half thousand calories a day. So mm. maybe that is the argument. Mm. Was I losing weight because of that? Or was I losing weight because I was actually monitoring my, uh, you know, my carb intake and, and, my, and my calories, sorry. The, yeah. um, what's going to say, the, the other things I would, uh, I would suggest that are good about the paleo diet is that they promote a healthy lifestyle. They promote exactly. activity. So like you mentioned earlier, it was big in CrossFit. And then I think maybe paleo then, uh, back then CrossFit back then moved more to the zone diets, which was like um, from that's right. Yeah, years. Yeah. 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 And that's probably why Rob Wolf and they got kicked out of uh, CrossFit because <laughs> he was one of the, the founders, <laughs> wasn't he? Of the, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The initial one. Anyway. Uh, but, but yeah. And, but back in those days, paleo, like we said, it was, low carb and people were trying to do crossfit on a low carb paleo and yeah. for a lot of athletes that does that not work they do not go people. together well right <laughs> yeah no you know what i'm not a crossfit athlete and i've been to crossfit gyms and i've got people that friends that do it and i've watched documentaries on netflix man those people are having you know a lot of food in, in between workouts right yeah I, I don't know if you've ever seen like the, yeah. the documentaries they do three yeah. workouts in one day you know, day after day after day, you gotta eat. You can't be doing that on a, on, on a keto diet. Not, not in my opinion. <laughs> no, we'll no. about that Especially not when you're just trying to. Mainly, <laughs> the main reason you're eating between workouts is to replace glycogen, right? You've just blown out a load of, you know, shredded through a load of glycogen, and you need to replace it. You're not going to yeah. have a steak. You know, no. you, you're going to have some. Say as as fast anyway. You want, you know, you need immediate uh, immediate uh, energy. 
the yeah. um the, the other thing real quick is uh we Jacob mentioned this yesterday in uh, well when the um the the other podcast with Jacob will come out about potatoes cooling them down so the, 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 there was one thing um also in the original uh, paleo diets that things like potatoes nightshade vegetables also weren't allowed then right. again because they can create uh, digestive issues for for some people okay so that is things like white potatoes and no sweets we'll talk about that in a second uh courgette so zucchini aubergines eggplant however you you pronounce them in different countries peppers okay so those nightshade vegetables can be problematic for some people uh, they contain glycolalkaloids, if I can pronounce that correctly, which can uh, cause problems uh, like like leaky guts. And uh, Jack was talking about this yesterday in terms of some foods that he doesn't eat because of that reason. So what leaky gut means is that when you eat some foods, they can cause the tight junctions of the gut to become permeable for a little, for little time, for half hour or so. Mm. And that can then cause an immune reaction, but we're not going to get uh, deep into that. But um, but then things like sweet, sweet potatoes, in the other hand, they, they are promoted, right? So yeah. people would say, okay, you know, sweet potatoes are fine. And actually, when you're looking at, when you're comparing the two, um, sweet potatoes, because of, of the... Of the uh, they're going to be high in vitamin A. So that is, that is one of the best a lower GI, okay, lower glycemic index. And what, what that means is that when you eat a sweet potato compared to a white potato, the white potato is going to spike your blood sugar levels more compared yeah. to a sweet potato. But in terms of nutrients, actually, as white potatoes have higher uh, vitamin C content than, than, than sweet potatoes. And the, the other thing is like, if you have these problems digesting potatoes because of those compounds that we mentioned you can just re remove the skin but um jacko made an interesting point yesterday and for anybody that wants to lose a bit of weight and they're concerned about spiking insulin levels too much so getting too too much of a response in your blood sugar levels is cooling down the foods before you eat them and right. that can also go for rice and oats so if you boil some potatoes for example you don't eat them right away like a white potato, if you do like, yeah. a, you know, boil some white potatoes. But you let them cool down for at least a couple of hours or even a day, and then you eat them at room temperature. And that actually is called resistant starch, and that has been shown to improve insulin sensitivity, okay? So it does lower your blood sugar levels, and it also seems to reduce your appetite. What if well. you reheat them, mate? So that, that, if, you, uh, if, you re if you reheat them, does that no, just... No, 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 you eat them at room yeah, you want to eat them at room temperature. Okay. Because basically um, what happens is, you see, the, the, the carbohydrates in the potatoes, they, they'll, be, they'll be binding together when yeah. you cook them. Okay. And what happens is when you cool... Um, so w w when you heat them, sorry, these these molecules they tend to loosen up, should we say? And when you eat them, for that reason, they're a lot easier to digest those yeah. crystals. Yeah. In the other hand, once the potato gets cooled down, those crystals reform again tight, 
Okay. And when you eat them, they're going to be harder for your body to break them down and digest okay. them. That is yeah. why they have a lower glycemic response. It's like comparing, in, in, I know it's different, but it's like saying, okay, when you eat vegetables, vegetables have a higher content, they're higher, harder to break down compared to, you know, to starchy foods such as pasta, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, that's okay. a tip for folks that want to lose a bit of weight, cool down your rice, cool down your potatoes, and that might uh, give you uh, a better insulin response. Okay, that's cool. So, and the other thing I was going to ask was, um, you know, the, it, the, the, paleo, the paleo diet was always about, you know, being ancestral, more like we used to eat when we was cavemen and whatever. Now, did that, I even remember there being talk about like, grazing being a big part of the paleolithic diet so we would graze as or we would um you know we might as, as cavemen we'd kill a, an animal we'd feast and then we might not eat for a period of time is there anything from a, a nutrient sort of uh, or a you know a timing protocol that would go with paleolithic or is it literally just the rules and you can have you can have two meals a day or 10 meals a day it's up to you yeah i, I don't think there is i mean there's probably different pro because there's different protocols, have, different people, right? Yeah, I mean, then, then there's people doing like a ketogenic paleo diet. Yeah, fasting on, on a paleo diet, but I don't think it really matters. No, no, neither, no, neither, neither, really do, neither do I. But I do remember, I do remember that being talked about quite a bit. Um, you know, with some of these cavemen kind of practitioners that would uh, would be doing all the caveman type stuff. I mean, I remember in them even you know bone marrow and stuff like that was be a, be a big thing for them to you know that's the sort of stuff we'd have been eating as cavemen so there was all yeah, hot I on mean, that. those foods are very nutrient dense you know very, yeah and so one of the arguments about the grains are also apart from the you know gluten everything else that we discussed is like that actually they're not very nutrient dense they don't really have that much in a way of minerals and vitamins when it compares mm. to other foods that's when we when we spoke about the vegan diet the other week one thing that that we, we we talked about we said okay guys you know when you do eat cereals or whatever try to go for a fortified version because at least you're going to be able to meet more yeah. of the requirements mm. whereas uh you could you could argue that if you eat if you're somebody who doesn't eat meat and eats organ meats such as kidney and liver you know yeah. bone marrow brain those foods are very nutrient dense yeah exactly so you actually get a lot a lot of vitamins you know from mm. uh you know from those types of food yeah yeah you fro frozen you know, again mate are you there no the picture's frozen oh no you're, yeah. you're still there yeah, yeah cool yeah. all right is there anything you wanted to wrap up with paleo i mean it's i reckon it's been the it's been the most sort of like uh you know, common diet that we've covered. I reckon most people, definitely most people that uh, follow me and train with me will have either heard of it or read about it. I know it's been a few years since it was popular, but I, I think it's one of the more popular or one of the more easily, easier to grasp and follow. I think that might be why we've got through it a bit quicker than some of the other stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people actually follow it still these days. I, I think that the, the shift has gone more into like, keto and then you know uh, I, I see more, more people trying to do a vegan diet now so yeah i don't yeah. know really how, how popular the, the paleo diet is uh, 
it'll it'll come it'll come back i mean i think again you know to be honest the 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 trap the trap i fall into when we talk about tracking nutrition uh, you know tracking your diet to lose weight i fall into the trap of when i'm tracking and and all, all i'm doing for my nutrition is tracking i fall into the trap of eating a bit of shit if i'm honest i i I, you know think oh you know i can fit in a mars bar and i can fit in a a bit a few sweets here and there because i know that they fit in calorie wise and then on the other hand the other end of the scale when i used to be paleo i was probably eating a much more nutrient dense diet like uh, clean but i wasn't tracking any calories because i was just trusting that all the foods i was eating was good for my body I think a mashup of those two for me is when I'm uh, when I'm on point from my dietary point of view. I'll I'll look leaner and I'll feel better. So performance in the gym's good. Uh, how I feel like I look in the mirror is good, and that that for me is a nice mashup of the two diets. The other ones we've spoke about aren't for me, um, but those those two combined. And obviously, I've mentioned intermittent fasting. I quite like, but yeah, those two are the ones that suit suit me and my personality type, which you've got to take into account, guys. And if you're uh, you know, if you're, I think one of the, I suppose, good things about paleo is it's not like keto where if you fall, if you have too many carbs when you're on a ketogenic diet, you're automatic, you fall out of a ketogenic state, right? You're not in a ketogenic state. Whereas no. you could be paleo for six and a half days a week, knowing that you're going to have a, a bottle of wine and a pizza that night. That's not necessarily going to be paleo, but you'll be paleo again the next day. And you, you've not lost anything for that, right, Dave? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to the weight loss point, we could argue that even without tracking, however, if you get up in the morning, let's say you did some fast cardio, you came back, you had some, some oats with some blueberries or some nuts, then you, 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 you go to work or whatever, you have a, you have a salad for lunch, you, you just have a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of vinegar, um, then you have a good snack, which could be some hummus with some, you know, celery sticks or, you know, something like that, a piece of fruit even. And then mm-hmm. you have a good evening meal, which can be some fish or some meat or some tofu if you're, if you're vegan yeah. with a, you know, small portion of, of rice or quinoa or noodles and some steamed or, you know, or vegetables of, of any kind. Providing that you're not overdoing, like I said, you know, the fats and other things, you might be losing weight, right? Because yes, oh yeah, without the tracking, you, yeah. You, know, you eliminate all the processed foods. Yeah. It's a nutrient dense food, so actually, if you eat that way, it's actually hard to overeat. It's hard okay? to overeat because you're feeling full all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is a, a good argument uh, in in a way that if you sit down and you have a salad some steamed broccoli, a grilled piece of, you know, fish or meat or whatever, and a little bit of quinoa or rice, you're going to be full, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think similar with some vegan dishes, you know, with uh, there being so much veg in vegan food, you feel full very quickly. Yeah, right? I mean... The argument you could do is you could overeat a lot of calories even. And yet, if you are not eating nutrient-dense foods, what I mean by that is enough amino acids, enough vitamins and, and, and minerals, etc., you might be hungry because your body mm. is going to be deficient. So you might be overhead, overfed in terms of yeah. calories, but yeah. undernourished. So the exactly. body is taking the cream food, right? Yeah, for sure. 
And, and the other thing, like we already discussed, if you eat too much in the way of processed foods, like I'm Italian, I love pasta. I try not to eat it too often. See, if I cook a bowl of pasta and only have a small plate and there's more left over, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. If I got an extra chicken breast and an extra broccoli, I think, well, you know, I'm a bit hungry, but maybe a little bit of cheese. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, I mean. yeah. <laughs> Easily to overeat on that sort of food. So, um, cool. So what do you think, what, what, what we're going to go for next week, Dave? A, a carnivore? But, you know, maybe, should we do calorie counting next week? Like, because yeah. then again, I think it might be interesting to talk about how to actually track calories because yes, we said that calorie counting is, it is effective, but these measurements are not always accurate. So yeah. maybe a few points that we can discuss. Yeah. It's something that I'll, I'll have some thoughts on myself as well. So we'll go, so we'll do calorie counting next week then. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. Cool. All right, guys, that's been us two again, coffee with coaches and another dietary episode for you. So we will, have another one of these for you next week and um in the in the week after uh i'm just trying to think what order they'll come out in jacko you'll have had jacko in the week and then this one will come out a week today yes um i've got loads of guests lined up plenty of people lined up so i'll uh, i'll speak to you next week dave yeah yeah cheers tim thank you guys nice one mate